Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. Chinese President Xi Jinping hosted the Sixth Plenum this November, which is the most important annual political meeting in China, and major news was generated. Here with guidance on what that news was and what it means for the future is Chase Blazik, Stratfor Asia Pacific analyst at Rain. Hey Emily, good to speak with you again. You too. So maybe you could start us off with what is actually happening at this sixth plenum. Yeah, so these plenums are a meeting of the Central Committee, which is basically the three to four hundred most important officials in China uh, of all different posts.、Um, these Central Committees every five years they hold seven plenums, and each plenum, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, have have different purposes.、Um, the sixth plenum, which happens once every five years, is intended to focus on party affairs, meaning the Chinese Communist Party,、um, any internal workings they want to do. And on this one, Xi Jinping has actually said it's going to focus on party history,、um, which sounds innocuous, if if not boring.、Um, but it's actually only the third time that the the party has released a, a resolution on its history、um, in the past seventy、uh, years, and they're going to release another one here in the next、uh, few days.、Um, the first one was in in Mao's era. Uh, so in '45, basically saying, "Here's the Communist Party. Here we come."、Uh, in '81, there was Deng Xiaoping saying, "Okay, maybe we went a little far there.、Uh, let's do reform and opening up. Sound good?"、Uh, and this third one is led by Xi Jinping, which is going to be、uh, China's entering a new era, which has implications、uh, for the the economy,、uh, ideology,、um, and also just China's grand strategy in general. So. The other thing this does, which I've commented on before and is a bit obvious, but is worth mentioning, is that this further cements、uh, Xi Jinping's role as the head of the party and the leader of China. So, Chase, what what topics will this party resolution likely cover? It's hard to say exactly what will be in this document. It, it is expected to be a long and, and somewhat dry. Historical document, but but we can guess trends based off of what Xi Jinping's talked about before.、Um, there's going to be a focus on the economy, which has been a shift that's been a long time coming for at least the last decade. Which is to say, China will grow with quality growth, not quantity. You don't grow、uh, at, at at all expenses. You make sure you're mitigating systemic risks, like the real estate sector, which we're seeing with Evergrande right now,、um, and also you distribute wealth from from the rich coasts inland and from the rich city dwellers down to the rural migrants, and make the economy align with China's national development goals,、uh, which. Include、uh, China's technological、uh, supremacy in, in certain fields. Within the party, it will cement that this is an era for conservatives in China, conservatives and heavy regulators.、Um, that's who she represents.、Um, it's also cementing that this is a time of centralized power. So, in order to heavily regulate and to push China's economy with a firm hand,、um, you have to centralize power in Beijing and take a little bit of power from the local provinces.、Um, and you'll see this in. In most market sectors, and especially in in digital sectors, as we've seen in this last year,、uh, it, it'll also push for、uh, ideas that we've seen over the last year, such as China's self reliance、um, after China was burned from the U.S. trade war, and, and generally、uh, national strength amid great power competition.、Uh, for the greater populace, the the party is hoping. We'll, we'll see if it actually is. That this will be an ideological steroid shot,、um, right? Over the last thirty or forty years,、uh, 
people aren't really excited about the party. It, it's it's um it's just politics to them, right? Uh, and the, the big goal in China has been to grow and to make money. So she is hoping that they can reinstill party goals and party loyalty in society. And then, of course, integrate policies that he's been championing over the last couple of months and couple of years as well of uh, common prosperity. So some about wealth redistribution, uh, environmental preservation and supporting workers' rights. What does this mean for China in domestic and foreign affairs? Well, as the, the document itself will be quite broad, I think the implications will be uh, wide ranging and you know, there will probably be books written on this, so I, I don't pretend that I'll be able to cover all of it. But I do think um, I can outline it in, in a couple lists of points, because that's what Chinese officials like to do when they make their new policies, is create lists. Um, so I'll start with the first one, which is there are three uh, points that are here to stays. And by that, I mean Xi Jinping is here to stay. He's not going anywhere. He will be elected uh, for a third or selected for a third term come November of next year. Uh, heavy regulation is here to stay, um, and not just in the tech sector, but in the economy uh, in general, as China tries to push, or as Beijing tries to push the Chinese economy through some tough, but some would say necessary regulations. And then strategic rivalry with the U.S. is here to stay. Um, Beijing does not want to um, inflame these tensions any more than necessary, but is pretty pragmatic in realizing these aren't going anywhere. The U.S. and China are fairly uh, at odds on a number of matters, and they need to get used to it. There's also the three uh, ought-tos, uh, the first one being society ought to be loyal to the party, and this includes loyalty uh, programs in, in primary schools, in colleges, in business, uh, everywhere. Uh, the second is that the economy ought to uh, serve party goals. Um, I've already mentioned this, the China's national development goals, you know, developing certain t technologies like artificial intelligence, new energy, advanced manufacturing, etc. And the third is that the party itself ought to be loyal to Xi Jinping. Um, that's not new to the party. They've been made well aware of that due to the sweeping anti-corruption campaign, but that's going to continue, especially as Xi Jinping pushes through with some of these more controversial economic reforms that are going to raise some eyebrows. And then lastly, there are the three protects. So uh, China will protect its tech leadership in the world um, with billions and billions of dollars of investment, and especially in the green energy field in which China is hoping to be the global leader. Uh, China will protect itself from demographic trends uh, as, as best as it can. And this is including low birth rates, uh, a culture that is increasingly um, aligned with you know Western ideals, whereas the party would like them to be aligned with Chinese ideals and specifically Chinese Communist Party and socialist ideals. Uh, and then the third one, which is kind of a, a broad catch-all, so you'll excuse me, is uh, China will protect its military slash economic edge in Asia and its ideological high ground. Uh, the first is kind of obvious. China wants to be a military and economic leader, of course. But the ideological high ground is showing that uh, this wolf warrior diplomacy, uh, no more Mr. Nice China, and you know, saying boo to Western moralizing, uh, this is something that, that China is going to protect because it sees this as critical to the uh, to the party's legitimacy going forward. Jace, one last question with regard to the second P, the people. How are they likely to respond to this? 
Well, it'll be uh, two different ways, mainly. In general, Chinese people are fairly apathetic about politics, um, as I'd say with most people in most countries, right? They want to be able to get along with their lives with as, as few political and government barriers as possible. Um, so they'll go along to get along, uh, do what they must. And some of these, such as you know, uh, restrictions on video games or what entertainment people can consume or how they can educate their children – will certainly uh, cause some social unrest, but the party has shown itself to be pretty capable of managing that unrest in the past. Um, there's a small portion of the population who is increasingly uh, rent-seeking with these programs. So they see that the political winds are shifting, that it is beneficial to be overtly nationalistic and overtly patriotic on social media and in person, and they'll take advantage of that um, and really prosper either in their jobs or just with their uh, connections with the, the the political elites. Again, I'd like to emphasize, though, that that's, that's a minority and the majority people of people just want to be left alone. Chase Blazik is Stratfor Asia Pacific Analyst at Rain. Thank you, Chase. Thanks, Emily. You can learn more about the history of China's economic development and its place in global geopolitics with Rain Worldview, powered by Stratfor. Right now, we have a special offer. Go to stratfor.com slash worldview to find details and subscribe. That's stratfor.com slash worldview. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. 